Keeping It Real, the podcast with Nixon Sal. For Comprint, empowering women with Sally and NikkiAinley.com. Keeping it real, the podcast with Nix and Sal for our second episode. Hey, Sal, how are you going? I'm wonderful. Nix, how are you? I'm really good. We should say, in case things are sounding a bit different and the ambiance is strange behind us, we're actually live on a location today because this is what mums have to do when we try and catch up with each other to do this podcast. Where are we? We're actually at the Scone Netball Court. (laughs) (laughs) So if there's anyone driving past thinking, what on earth are two women doing sitting at a table with microphones? Uh, This is what we've had to do this week to actually get our agendas to match up, mm. but that's all right. So it's like an outside, fresh approach to this. It is, yeah. So the girls are over there having a little bit of uh, pre, pre-rep netball training with the wonderful Kylie, who actually lives in Scone. Because this is another thing that you squeeze into your yes. ridiculously busy agenda. You also run rep netball. Yes. As oh, all mums do, yeah. that tag-along sport. That's right. That's right. Well, when when you, your children are involved, you know, you, you do that investment interest and and loving loving kids and loving to see them prosper and and really thrive um yeah i took on the the role of head coach for the under 13s rep netball team oh my goodness yeah so we go away and i did the countdown we've got about nine weeks and then we go away to state age so yeah wow. putting in a couple of little sneaky pete um training sessions and in. how far do you have to travel so, oh, this one's in sydney so not too far, no, I guess. No, not too far, yeah. All yeah. right. Well, yeah. there you go. Just another busy mum moment for you. It is. So thank you for coming. <laughs> That's all right. Because we have, we have been trying to, um, yeah. to find the time, yeah. find the location. But here we are, Sky Netball Courts, live on location. We've got plenty coming up this week in the show. We're going to be talking a lot about schools, uh, particularly the differences in private, public, Catholic, and then boarding. Those are kind of the four that you've got in Australia. We have got your thoughts coming through on Facebook as well and can contribute to that conversation. Conversation, head to our Facebook page. Uh, we'll also touch on the expectations of women. This is after the Duchess managed to be out of hospital in seven hours from giving birth. Yep. Unbelievable. And uh, we'll also be talking about some of the tough conversations to have with your kids also in the news. But next, we're going to bring up one of those fun facts about <laughs> each other that we like to kick off with. Stick around. It's Keeping It Real with Nixon South. Keeping It Real, the podcast with Nixon South. Keeping it real with Nick and Sal as we get into a couple of fun facts about ourselves. We always love to uh, kick off with this. Sal, tell me something random about yourself. What's what's hitting in the vault? Right, right, right. Okay, I love long distance running, which means I've run a couple of marathons, and that's forty two point two kilometers. Oh my gosh! And that's around four hours of running. Oh, my God, yep. Sal, seriously, you are yep. taking overachieving to a whole nother level. <laughs> uh, when did you decide to run your first marathon? I actually did mine in the year 2000. So that was pre-kids, mm-hmm. and that was the um, Olympic qualifying marathon in Sydney. So they, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. No, I wasn't wow. at that level, Nick. But <laughs> I thought was... you were about to tell me there was some, like, world record-breaking time. <laughs> no, it was, it, was, it was such a buzz to be out there. They had the blue line. 
So you follow the blue line around the streets of Sydney and all that, and then it, you actually ran into the stadium. Wow. And that feeling was it's high up there on one of my best feelings in the whole wide world. It's high up there. So I'm running into the stadium. I've got my family in the in the um, grandstand. Yeah. And, yeah, just oh the cheering. It was brilliant. Loved it. But how did you even get to that point? Have you always been a long-distance no, runner? No. I've always loved exercise but never long-distance. Yeah. And then I started off... Yeah, I'll run, you know, a couple of kilometres and I went up to five and then, oh, yeah, I'll do 10. Then I went to half and next thing you know, it's like, no, nah, got to do the, um, got to do the full. And then Because you get hooked on the you adrenaline. Do, you do. You do. And it, yeah, it is the adrenaline. And I love, I love that rush that you feel. And it's, it's a good rush mm. for you. So the benefits, um, are, are just brilliant. And then, yes, you got to find the time to do that as well. Mm. Um, before, I was going to say, before kids, I started to feel the, I want to run 100 kilometers. So it's like the um, wow. the ultimate extreme marathon running. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I, I, I would do that. I would train for it and I would do it. And I know I'd love it. I love long distance running and what it does for my body and my mind. See, I was always that kid at school. I was terrible at athletics, absolutely awful at it. And I really wanted to be a better long distance runner, but I never found it enjoyable. And then when I was younger, I, I, I was a dancer. And I decided, no, I was going to get fitter. And eventually I, I trained myself into long distance running. Unfortunately, I got a really bad back injury, which I still struggle with today. So running's always been something that I now struggle with. Yeah. And I now struggle because I'm the most ridiculously unfit person. So the idea of running a marathon, but I can imagine it would be such a great accomplishment. Oh, it is crossing that line. And it, like even, even the journey. So it's, it's like a lot of things. You put so much preparation into it. And it's more about the journey than the actual race So or the run. Um, the run might take you, say, four hours. It might take you six hours. But the build-up and the lead-up, it's just what you go through and, you and what you learn, what you learn about yourself. Yeah, and Well, that's a lot yeah. of time yes. in your own headspace. Yeah, it it's is. It's a long time in yeah. your own headspace. And then you've got that commitment as well. So Sunday mornings, I'd be up early and I'd be out that door and I'd be running for three hours then I'd come home and then I'm with my family see that's good balance mm, I just can't do that it, at the yeah. moment <laughs> and, but you know what it comes down to if you really really do want something yeah you'll make it work yeah you find the time like somehow. you and I today you well, make it work I keep saying that about my fitness and keep saying I will find the time but I genuinely cannot find the time yeah. at the moment it's something that I'm really struggling with and I've gone down I've broken down all my time and I can't yeah. I just can't seem to find consistently every yeah. so often it pops up but yeah. it's chaos in our house at the moment between work and kids so yeah oh, but here's a little fact about me and one of the reasons Perfect. I loved running um, and one, one thing that kept me running as a non-runner was actually I absolutely absolutely love dogs and before becoming a mum to children I was a, a dog mum and wow. my dog uh, my first dog a Labrador he was the one that inspired me to get out there and keep going yes. running because every time I looked down there was this little guy who'd been you know at home when I'd been at uni or out doing something and he just wanted mm. to get out and we used to run mm. you know just definitely not the distance <laughs> as you're talking but you know for a good 40 minutes an hour yeah. I used to run with my dog so yeah. that was my little thing having the dog and having the dog to mm. really keep me going and now my poor dogs are in the backyard. I was going to say, <laughs> do you have animals now? Because when I come around, like it was sort of, you know, we were in 
but in the front area of your house and I didn't well, see. Well, this is an interesting so they one. They were quiet. Yeah, this is an interesting one because my dogs were always inside dogs. I've had, mm. I'm on to, I've, I've had three Labradors and one sadly passed away and I've, I've got two Labradors now. Um, and they're, but they're outdoor animals now. Mm. And that was kind of something that we came to agreement because Chris does not like dogs. Oh, okay. So you know those couple, couple rules that you make. Yeah. You're like, okay, I'm going to have to give a little bit. And then he's, and then once we had, because our kids were, were premies and they were so little and one, you know, Labradors are big dogs. Yes. Um, so we made the decision, you know, to keep them outside. But now the boys are getting old enough. There's plenty of playtime starting to happen with the dogs and the kids, which is great because yeah. our youngest dog is only, uh, you know, just two and she'll, she'll grow up with the, the boys as well. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. there you go. There's my little bit of trivia. There you go. Dog so mum. never knew that one about you either. There you go. Yeah. That's what we love to do. And you know, I am, um, because we've got a dog and um, in the backyard and it's been digging holes. Oh, really? Yeah. And then we did the Google. <laughs> did the Google and it said exercise and boredom. We're like, mm, okay, yeah. right. Yep. Got to get that dog so out do on the you road. you ever take your dog running? Well, we do need to start initially because it's a very strong dog. Yeah. And for me... I think it'd take off, but you know, I'd, I'd certainly give it a go. I think it'd take off well, because go. it's yeah. I think you've got to work through and strong. train with them first and get yes. them to be able to walk on the lead. But, That's and, the hard bit. Yeah, yeah. Once you get to that point, they can they can run yeah. alongside you. It's yeah. actually great. Like I mm. used to love it with my dog going mm. for a run. Yeah. Favorite thing. Now my poor dogs. I need to get them out. <laughs> Hey, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty stuff next. We're going to start talking about schooling. Uh, it's a big conversation with people, but not always talking about the pros and cons of different schools. It's up next as we keep it real with a podcast with Nix and Sal. Keeping it real, the podcast with Nix and Sal. It's Keeping It Real with Nix and Sal, the podcast. Today we are talking about schools. We posted this question on our Facebook page. Head to Facebook and like Keeping It Real with Nix and Sal. Um, there's a lot of options when it comes to schooling with kids. Mm. Public schools, private schools, boarding schools, and then Catholic schools or religious-based schools. And making the decision can be a tough one. And sometimes people just make the decision to go with what's ever closest. Yeah. Um, and I know that, I mean, my kids are only two, but already I'm starting to think about the whole schooling process and it's overwhelming. It is. Yeah, we we went through that. Um, I've, I find, like for me personally, and keeping it real is about our beliefs yeah. and our, per- just our what perspective we and yep. what we think um, and our or absolutely open to everyone else's views. Um, mm. That's why we're doing this as well. I think when you look at your own individual children, mm. every child is different. Yeah, Every needs are different. Every wants, personality, it's all different. So then you've also got your home. How is your home? Mm. Where are you located? What are your beliefs? Mm. So I find when looking at these decisions and making these decisions, it will come down to a few certain factors. Okay. The two main factors are your family values. Yeah. What are your core values mm. as a family? And then also the individual child. And yeah. that's what we actually came back to when we decided um, more so with the high school yeah. than uh, the public, than the, um, primary, the, the school. primary school. Yeah. So... That's where our decisions came from. Yeah, so you've really got to weigh up the two because, and I, I imagine 
and we're looking at that already in the sense that having twins, mm. um, they're the same age, but they're already displaying very different char- characteristics, very different personalities, very different learning abilities, all that sort of thing. So y- you already find yourself juggling and, and starting to think about whether are they going to end up at the same mm. school. And I think you have to be open-minded about just because one child goes to one school doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for the other mm. school. And it may be an inconvenience to you to change schools or to uh, look at different schools for kids. But if it's going to be the right thing for the child, surely that's got to be one of yeah. your major factors. Yeah, it, it does. And it also... Um, there's there's a family that that I I know, they've got one child at a grammar school, mm. they've got one child at a public school, and they've got another one at a Catholic. Yeah, and the three children are totally different. They make it work for the family unit, and that's what yeah. it comes down to as well, making it work. And you know, yes, we all work ourselves as parents, and that. But for me personally, your children do come first and you look at what they need. And you know what? If it doesn't work, you keep it open as well and change it. That's one of the big things I think, particularly in today's society. And I'll be honest, Sal, I look look down the, the corridor of schooling. And it terrifies me. And it yeah. terrifies me because of the number of stories we hear now about uh, some of the way schools are run, some of the strict things. Like I'm very much an advocate against, I'm all about healthy eating and, and all yeah. that sort of stuff, but I think it's gone too far in schools. Yeah. And I think some schools and some elements of the schooling system, and again, I'm more than happy for people to disagree with me, mm. um, but there's sometimes too much too much focus on that yeah. and not as much focus on the happiness of the kids, the amount of homework that you're hearing kids oh, are getting, the amount yeah. of pressure children are under. And that's not before you get to this enormous problem that we have in schools and online now with bullying. And I think mm-hmm. as a parent, if it's convenient for your kid to go to a school that's down the road or if it's harder for you to get into another school or to change, if that kid's not safe and not happy, that should always be your number one priority and you yeah. can't ignore that. No, You have to be able to be flexible and make those changes, mm. even if it's to, and we often talk about it, our own careers. Yeah. We still have a duty to make sure our kids are okay at school yeah. and at home. And that's one of the things that I've started thinking about is, you know, if a school's not right, it's up to me as, as the parent and well, Chris mm. and I to make the right choices to change it so that our kids are okay. That's right. And if you look at the individual, as long as are they happy going to school? Yeah. You know, do they bounce out of bed? Yep, I'm going to go to school. Mm. Even if your child isn't inverted commas, interested in school because they're not that way inclined. Yeah, they might okay. not be academic. That's right, mm. but they're still happy to go to school. Yeah. you know, And you can pick up on, okay, if they're not happy, let's cross this path. And they mightn't be the child, they mightn't be the personality that talks either. Mm. They keep things inside. Yeah. So it is up to us to really read between the lines and to ask those questions. Mm. We need to ask those important questions. You know, and then looking at the child, the individual child, are they a follower? Yeah. Are they easily influenced? Mm. You yeah. know, these are things that I looked at when making the decision as well. Mm. And do they thrive better with boundaries? Yeah, exactly. Does something that's got more discipline necessarily work for them? It's interesting because I went to a boarding school, yeah, all girls boarding yep. school. Now, I was predominantly a day girl, but I was only one of two. And at mm. the school that I went to, 
in that sort of environment, it's very hard to not be part of the school family. Like you have to be. And I, I was never, a, I've always been the nerd. I've always been the, you know, teacher's pet type of personality, not the popular kid, not part of the cool group, not anything. Yeah. But looking back on my school now, and a lot of people judge private education is it worth it is it not I mean I can only speak from my personal experience Mm. but I had Mm. the you know the duo it was a private school and it was a boarding school and you know everybody was happy at school to a point I mean you've always always got dynamics there was nothing there was never a fractured relationship with parents because the kids were at boarding school the love and Mm. the support that we had as a network of boarders you could see how close all the girls were Mm. and how much they supported each other um, you know, so there was that still that security. There was no real negativity because mm. they'd been sent to boarding school, so yes, to speak. Yeah. There was, that was never sort of seen that way. Yeah, the girls are you know majority of us still relatively close. We all know each other, you know, even if it's through Facebook. And then certainly from a private school perspective, my school was a very small private school, but it had the opportunity for people. If you were sporty, they mm. would nurture that. If you were musical, they would nurture that. If you were in the arts, you know, dra- drama, nurture that. And if you were academic, you were nurtured as well. And mm. I think that's what you want. You just mm. want to find a school that's going to, you're going to have to study. You're going to have to do those different things. Mm. But if they're not your forte, you want a school that's going to support the strengths your kids have. Absolutely. And I'm polar opposite again. I went to a public school. You know, going to the public school and being open probably to um, so many, such a variety as well. And you, you, you hit the nail on the head as again as well, Nick. Like... I, I have seen some schools where, you know, if, if the child isn't academic or sporty, then they may fall behind yeah. or they may be left behind. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, ab- yeah, And really, it should never be that no, case. It needs to. No. And, and again, that's up to the parents to yeah. identify and say. And I think one of the things I noticed and one of the things we were getting a lot of comments back were, you know, I remember that you know, this school can offer this and a public can Mm. offer this and a private can offer this. I don't really think there's a right or wrong school. No. There's things that you're going to see as strengths and weaknesses in schools. There's things that are dictated to, Mm. you know, for example, the focus on, you know, tuck shops or canteens these days. It's being dictated by the government. Again, Mm. pro or con, who knows? Mm. But I think overall you sort of need to look at what is it providing what your child needs. And if it's not, as a parent, you need to look for the change. That's right. Yeah. It's interesting some of the comments we are Mm. getting through on our Facebook page. Um, There's sort of, you know, you've got apparently the Catholic private and the Catholic non-private. Some of them aren't and aren't. A lot of strong comments coming through on our Facebook page from various posters about the Catholic system, supporting the Catholic system. Mm. I know that I've been lucky enough to work with some of these schools through our school's breakfast program, although they're primary. Yeah. I've got to say, right across where we live in the Upper Hunter, I I can't Mm. criticise a single school from private to public Mm. to Catholic because each one I can see so many values in. That's right. But they're all different. Yeah. They really are remarkably different. And that's why I still believe it comes down to your family values and the individual of the child. There you go. The best tips. All right. Keep your thoughts coming. Head to our Facebook page and let us know. uh, What are your thoughts? What do you look for in a school? Uh, Be it public, private, Catholic boarding. We'd love to hear your thoughts as we continue next with our podcast. It's Keeping It Real with Nix and Sal. Keeping It Real, the podcast with Nix and Sal.
It's Keeping It Real, the podcast with Nix and Sal, and we have been talking today about schooling. Um, a couple of other important factors that you take into consideration, Sal, just to wrap it up. Yeah, I've um, a lot of the schools uh, cost a lot as well, so mm. it can come into budget um, with the family and like some schools you do pay more for, obviously yeah. like the private, yeah. you um, compare that to the public. Yeah. A big difference in cost. It's a huge difference in cost. And again, it's something where, you know, people say, well, only certain people can afford to go to private schools. Mm. I know from our position and when I was at school, there's a lot of kids that did apply for certain scholarships yes. and certain opportunities. It is worth exploring mm. those opportunities, even as you said, if it's not in a budget or even if you find that uh, you're able to restructure a budget and work towards saving just in case that comes down the track or even mm. if it's for a few years to help your kid. I mean, it's not always doable. Yeah. I know, I'm again, looking down that barrel, it seems ridiculously <laughs> overwhelming and I have no idea if it would be possible. Mm. We'd love to send our kids to the school that Chris went to. Will it be right for them? Will mm. we be able to afford to it? Who knows? Yeah. But we're already trying to plan all different options. And, and you will need to plan and also, um, you know, because if it is, if you are going to go to the private school, you'll need to budget for that. Yeah. You know, so keep that in mind as well. Um, and another reason as well and, and another um, uh, choice is it can come down to the appearance as well. Yeah. Which means school uniforms, mm. how they have their hair, for example. Taking pride. Is that what you mean? Yes, because certain schools, you well, all schools, you've got to wear their school uniform. Mm. Other schools take it that next step up, which is, okay, you can't have, if you're a boy, long hair. Mm. If you're a boy, your hair can't be too short. Yeah. Girls, you can't dye your hair. Mm. Um Piercing, piercing stuff like that Ta- tattoos yeah. like you know often no it's very kids, true there's kids that that do have them and i think so, also when we laugh at these sorts of things and we we yeah. think about them now um your schooling lasts with you forever it does and it's something Memories. that i there were things about school that i <laughs> that did used to drive me crazy you know we had to have our tunics at our knee yep. we weren't allowed not to and there were times where i remember having to kneel in the school hall to have our tunics checked to make sure yep. they were long enough same thing here had to be up in a tight ponytail bun xyz we used to sort of think it was daggy at the time and now i've got so much respect and thanks for the education that i was given and you don't realize how much it stays with you for Mm. life and that's also your family value so that's that's one of the reasons why we chose the particular school for our children was because we're all about presentation um you know always look after yourself respect yourself respect others as well Mm. and that come down to why we chose the school that we did as well and another thing you were saying was electives it's always good to do your research as to different things that the schools do offer in terms of their programs yeah that's right because there's certain schools that have that offer more electives Mm. than other schools. So depending as well on the individual, what are their strengths? Where are they flourishing? What do they want to do? And that would be obviously more in the high school, but 
when you're doing that transition, you're starting to get an idea of more of what your child, what they're happy doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a good way of really talking and, and being in touch with your kids as well to make sure that you know uh, what your kids are interested in and exactly where they're at in life. And I think in mm-hmm. parenting in general, particularly in today's climate, as we talk about, it's so important to yeah. be part of your kid's life. That's and by right. knowing their interests and working your life and their schooling mm-hmm. around that, mm. you're going to support them more. That's right. And your gut feeling, always, always go back to your gut feeling. Absolutely. So family values and assess your individual child. That's what I've put it down to, Nix. All right, we love that. (laughs) Let's get your thoughts. Head to our Facebook page, Keeping It Real with Nix and Sal. Sal, up next, we're going to touch quickly on the expectations of women today particularly when they've just had kids. Is it too much? The podcast continues. It's Keeping It Real with Nix and Sal. Keeping It Real, the podcast with Nix and Sal. Real the podcast with Nix and Sal, and um, it sounds like we're recording from a toilet today. It's because we're actually out live on location, aren't we, Sal? We're we're multitasking <laughs> as mums, as uh, business ladies. Yep, this is exactly what you need to do, and this is exactly why we decided to do this. Is yeah. because we've the only chance we can get to do this this week is sitting next to the netball court. So if it does sound a little bit different, uh, well, that's just being a mum. And we're outside. We're in the sunshine. It it's work. beautiful. Yeah, can't work out whether it's hot or cold today. Yeah. We hey, have a couple of sprinkles as well. Anyway, one of the things I wanted to bring up, Sally, is one of the things that happened during the week. We have a new royal baby. We have Prince Louis Arthur Charles, I think is his name. We've now discovered. Congratulations to the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. I'm a big royal fan. But one of the biggest talking points was the fact that seven hours after giving birth, the Duchess of Cambridge, and you know what? Well done to her and her team, may I add. She was standing there fresh-faced on the steps outside the Lindo wing of the hospital with baby in arms. And that just blew my mind because it was just a totally different world to me. Nix, was she keeping it real? No. Was she real? No, but I don't think, can she be real? No. Like, is she well, a person who's allowed to be herself? Or mm-hmm. in doing that, in by by having, you know, I know that the stylist was seen leaving the hospital before <laughs> yeah. she'd even given birth, so the outfit was chosen. Was like, she just trying to get it over and done with so she could maybe. go home? And what about the hormones? Oh, I would have burst into tears. I know. Like, <laughs> get then, me out of here. <laughs> are you still, are you, are you through? Are you, is there pain? What is going on? Like, I couldn't <laughs> get out of bed seven hours oh. after. I mean, I had an emergency Caesar. I didn't even have yes. my kids next to me when no. I woke up in the morning. I didn't even know where they were. <laughs> they were somewhere on another floor miles away yeah. from me in, in boxes with tubes. <laughs> so the idea of even... Getting out of bed seven hours after having a child, it just blew my mind. But do you know what? There are women that have kids yep. an hour. I know. And it's like, I know. it happens. I put it out on Facebook and some of the responses I got, which was quite remarkable, and yep. I think it was what it was a reminder was everybody is so different. Yes, and that's yes. what really got to me because I was like, it was beyond my comprehension to yep. get it. But I, you know, I had some comments coming through four hours, mm. one hour if I could have. It wow. was just waiting for the doctors. Wow. Days, weeks, months uh, for some premies. So it was just such a varied thing. Mm. And again, I think where we're going wrong is putting her, 
in a pedestal because mm. we don't really know. We know that what she's going back to yep. is something that is so much more support and so many yes. more resources. She's got a network around her. Exactly. She's got everything there. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. If she wants it, she can just ask. Yeah. And it's absolutely perfect. Everyone's perfect, you know, in, in their own situation. Yeah. But you don't know what goes on behind closed doors either. You don't. You and don't. you don't know what she's going through. Is she very good at putting on the facade? Maybe, maybe not. Mm. Maybe it's real, maybe it's not. But we'll never know. And you do hope, I hope for her sake, that she has the support she needs. And yeah. I really, like, I had to hold on to the hope that um, here is a woman who has, you know, given up certain elements of her life. And again, that's her choice. There's yeah. a lot of stuff she's not allowed to say and do. Yeah. A lot of independence she doesn't have because of the media scrum, you know, going to get a litre of milk, things that we take for advantage. And you think, oh, geez, I'd love to be the next princess. Good luck, Megan. <laughs> May the force be with you. Um, but it is. It's an incredible sacrifice. I just hope that in getting out of there so quickly was the best thing for her because yeah. she was able to get back into her little bubble yeah. and be with her newborn son. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, yeah, she's looking at her family unit as well and and getting back to what she, what she knows. But um, what worries me is, you know, we've got the experience like all mothers out <laughs> there, but how do you say to the next generation town, that's not really what happens? Yeah. <laughs> how do you explain that and say, this isn't real? Yeah. Next, it might be real for her. And, yeah. you know, she's um, like, we don't know her. We don't know what she, what she's like as a person. And it might be how she, how she rolls. It might be just the way she is. <laughs> she's, Hats off to her. Maybe she's it just is. a superhero. She might be. She's a superhero she underneath be. it. How did yeah. you go, though, talking about recovering from kids, Ooh. like how long was it for you? Yeah, I had um, the two cesareans, so mm. two children, and my my body's generally fit, mm. general genuinely strong as well. So I, with the cesareans, recovered very well, and also mentally, I'm pretty strong. Mm. So going back to work because we had our own business, yeah. I made it work. Mm. But in saying that. I did have struggles and I did mentally need to get help, mm. but I was open to that yeah. and I was honest with that. Yeah, it's you like, were able okay, to acknowledge it. I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm running this business still with my husband. So we both, we really needed to share the load. I'm breastfeeding. Yeah. Um, my baby's taking everything nutritious out of me yeah. I need to replenish that it is exhausting and I also go back to you can cope with anything if you get your sleep yeah so when you're the one that's up three times a night or whatever it is mm. you're not getting your sleep and you still got to go through the day because you're running a business I was struggling at that time yeah yeah but I put my hand up yeah, and said I'm not okay. And said I wasn't good I need at help. Yeah, I wasn't good at putting my hand up. I've never been good at putting my hand up and Neither saying I need I. help. I, I liked I. to. I, I wanted to do everything myself, yeah. and yes. it it takes a toll. It took yes. a huge toll yeah, on my family, on myself, on my kids, on the people around us who yep. also wanted to help. But I'm I am, and I'm a self confessed stubborn woman. Yes, and I, it was something I needed to do for myself. But you're right; it is, and you get to a point where because I had two incredibly colicky young, mm. you know, and, and my boys were you know less than two kilos when we took them home. Yeah, it, I felt mm. like they were porcelain dolls that were going to break. Oh. Um, and it is; it's hard to to get that balance between you want to do everything yourself and saying yes, I've got to put up my hand mm. and 
and say, you know, I need help and I need support and, and things are not going okay and not doing well. And yeah. it's harder when you are lacking in sleep. And going back to you see what you see, like... Yeah, that's it. You know, women have babies after seven hours and they're looking immaculate. Yeah. yeah. So you think that that's maybe the norm, but yeah. it's not the norm. Yeah. And you don't think about what's not the norm. And that's one of the things, be it whether you, you look at the Duchess and think, oh, that's easy, childbirth's not too bad. You can be in heels mm. and out the door of a hospital smiling and waving yeah, in nah. seven hours. <laughs> or whether you just think it's going to be 24 hours of painful labor and over. Yeah. So many different things can happen. Like every single thing, and we'll go into more detail about it as we get further into the podcast but all the things that happened in my both both you know carrying the boys and then the birth and then mm. afterwards was not a single one could I've ever expected no you know from no. twins right through to emergency seizures to kids in NICU to all those sorts yeah. of things in a snapshot nothing could have prepared me no. there was no manual there was no, no you know your celebrities out there saying well this is what I went through you look at the the poster people like the Duchess and you go, yeah. wow, seven hours. Wow, it's not so hard. And then suddenly you find yourself in weeks of trauma yeah, and nothing can compare, like, can prepare you for it. No. And and that's somebody else's real. That's you right. You know what I mean? Yep, that's right. Yep. But I say good on her. She looks <laughs> sensational. Wish I could have done that. And she's a beautiful lady as well. Oh, she's Absolutely. She, inside and out. She holds herself so well. She does. Very excited to uh, meet that little one as it grows up. Not personally, but, you know, through the world of media. Mm. And, of course, we've got a royal wedding upon us too. Yes. And that was a conversation in the car yesterday driving to my son's rugby league game about the Kings and then in line and, and how Harry misses out. Yep. But then if, God forbid, anything did happen... Well, to the ones in front, then this one could be king, you know. God well, forbid. yeah, and it but was, like, and just, Harry, yeah. and somebody pointed it out the other day because Harry's, you know, the rebel, rebel royal. He's marrying someone outside the royals, a yep. divorcee, X, Y, Z. It all comes into that. Um, and they were saying, oh, well, he's not likely to be king, but then yeah. William is breaking the rules by traveling with the whole family and the heir to the throne. So mm. if something happened, gosh forbid, we'd yes. never ever want anything no, like that. No, but you could. Harry still could possibly ah. potentially be if they continue to travel um, together because yeah. you lose all three successes. And, of course, well done to the royals while we're on it. Uh, princess Charlotte is now the first princess who is not going to be um, – who holds her place in the line Beautiful. of the throne. So the first female ever that is on a – if something happened to yep. George – she would become the queen. They've never done that before. Wow. I love that. Empowering women. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> right there. All right. That is us wow. for another week. Again. It's gone so quickly. I know. Wow. Isn't it ridiculous? It, is. it flies past. Uh, look, we always welcome your thoughts. Head to our Facebook page. If there's a topic, mm, please, you want us to talk about, you know, we're just pulling them out willy nilly. Um, next week, we're going to get stuck into another mm. really quite tough conversation. This is one that I, um, yeah. You've got some personal experience. Yeah. Yeah, in this, yeah. um, which I can't wait to hear more about this. Mm. And we are talking about how you deal with the conversation of death yeah. and particularly with friends, families, relatives, uh, with your children. Yeah. It's yeah. a really tough one. So that is next week. Um, we'll get some questions up on Facebook to get your involvement. Don't forget, you can check out all of Sally's details, Comprint. <laughs> <laughs> but most importantly, Empowering Women with Sally. Yeah. Like it on Facebook. Find out what she's up to. Uh, like Nick's on Facebook. Find out what I'm up to. And, of course, don't forget to like Keeping It Real with Nick's and Sal on Facebook. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Sal. And remember to always share. Share, share, share because yeah. this is why we're here. Yeah, we want people to join the conversation. And know, know you're, not, you're yeah. like, you know, 
you know you're not alone out there. <laughs> we're with you. <ya. laughs> absolutely. So we're sharing our stories. So please, please let us know yours. Let's keep it real. Indeed. See you yeah. next week. Thanks, Nick. Keeping it real. The podcast with Nixon Sal for Comprint, empowering women with Sally and NikkiAinley.com.